This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 ESPN. Good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and here we are in beautiful downtown Fresno along the Fulton Street, Fulton District. And um, today we have a couple of special guests. One of them is Tommy Smith, realtor extraordinaire with Realty Concepts. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Your wife paid me to say realtor extraordinaire. I thought I paid you. <laughs> Somebody had to pay. I mean, why? Okay. Uh, and actually, for our listeners today, if there's a jab or two in there between us, Tommy and I have worked together for many, many years, so it's commonplace to jab one another. That's right. We also have with us Michael Wright, a recent home buyer. And good morning. Good morning. And I understand a fellow Dodger fan too. Of course, since 1969, I was five years old. It was it wasn't um, my fault though. It was my mother's fault. She put a Dodger hat on me when I was five. <laughs> well, at least she raised you right. That's right. <laughs> I, I, I'm right now in between two Dodger fans as a Giant fan, and I'm just going to stay silent on the topic. Congratulations for your guys' season. Thank that's you. All, that's enough said about it. And we won't hold that against you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's get right into this because this is a really neat story. So this is one of those shows that I'm going to go back and listen to many times myself. Um Tommy was recently the realtor for you, Michael. Was that right? That's right. How, how long ago did you buy your, your home? I bought my home um, last month on the 13th. Uh, uh, that's when we closed. Okay. Is this your first home? This is my first home. I was a homeless veteran for many, many years, so this is really exciting for me. I'll bet. So, um, homeless. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about your story? So I was in the um, Army, and I got out of the military in 1992. Um, this was before they even had a diagnosis of PTSD or anything like that. So I found things were slipping for me. Uh, I had a good job. I, um, I had my family and everything. And then all of a sudden, um, I just couldn't bear my problems anymore and as a matter of fact i was right here on this street right here on fulton um, when i was panhandling i slept right behind the um, poverillo house uh, for um off and on 10 years of my life i was on substance abuse the um i went to the poverillo house and papa mike which is um he's not here with us anymore but god god rest his soul um had them um the people put me in a van and take me to the VA hospital, and I finally had got diagnosed with PTSD, major depressive disorder, and schizoaffective disorder. Well, they sent me to Lola Minda Hospital for a year at the VA hospital in Lola Minda, and um, they deal with my mental health instead of my substance abuse, because many years they just dealt with my substance abuse. But at this time, they just deal with my mental health issues. And then the substance abuse fell off of me because 
I have something to work with. It's like somebody handing you a piece of paper saying, well, this, this, and this, and this is what's wrong with you. And this, this, and this is what you need to work on. And I worked on those things for, I'd say, about 10 years of my life. And I used every resource that the VA hospital had to offer me in order for me to get my life back together. And it ended up, um, the process ended up me being where I'm at right now. That has to be especially a great feeling for you to go from homeless to homeowner. Yes, very much so. Yeah. Tell us about the pride that you feel right now. So uh, the pride that I feel right now is to be able to tell my children that I am in a home now and that any time that you need to come see me, you need to come to the house. That's not only my house, it's your house too. Um, there's many times that my children call me on the phone and um, somebody else answered the phone because um, I had either lost my phone or sold my phone for something. But now my kids know that my dad is okay. My dad is going to be um, right where right where, where, where um, he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be in a home. I'm supposed to come visit my dad. I'm supposed to come spend Thanksgiving with my dad, Christmas with my dad. So that's the pride that I feel. And then plus the look on my mother's face is priceless. Tell us about that one. So I, mean, I remember a time when I came to my mother's house and um, I had a black eye because Three people had jumped me and stole my money because I was living on the streets. And uh, the look in her eyes was like, my son is dying. And um, now that the, the, I, have the, I, I see the look in my mother's eyes, is like, I am so proud of my son. Look where he's at now. My son has a home. I'm going to go spend Thanksgiving with my son in his home. And I, 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 I can't, I, I, I don't know the feeling that I have in my heart to see the pride that my mother has for me now, I would never want to lose that for nothing in the world. That's why I still work hard, and I work hard at the VA hospital so other veterans can have that same feeling to where they can, where their mother can look at them or their wife can look at them or their children can look at them and be proud of them. I had to ask that question because that's one that's dear to my heart. I still remember the look from my mother when I bought my home. And I still remember the look, and you're going to enjoy this one someday. I still remember the look on my mother's face when she got the piece of paper from the bank saying her mortgage was paid off. I can't wait for that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I asked you about the pride that you felt going there. I want to turn to Tommy Smith now. You were the realtor that helped him. What was the feeling of pride like for you? Well, first off, I've got goosebumps from what Michael just said, and these are the same goosebumps that I had the first time I ever met Michael. Mm-hmm. When we first met, normally when I meet with clients, um, I like to just kind of meet with them at the office or wherever and kind of get to know them a little bit, and it normally takes, I don't know, 30 minutes. I-, I would say about an hour and a half after us talking and hearing Michael's story, I was like, I want to get this guy a house. I want to fulfill his dream. I want to be a part of his history and part of his his ultimate goal of being a homeowner and and closing that circle for him of where he was to where he is now, um, it it was the most amazing thing to be a part of. And and every deal I've had or every closure uh, closing I have, it's a great feeling. But with Michael, it was just like, man, this was something special. And then we're walking around the house, you know, after I gave him the keys and he's like, 
I'm planning Thanksgiving already here. I'm going to be doing this here. I'm going to be doing this here in my house, my house. And, um, man, the, 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 the amount of joy and pride it brought to me to be able to help Michael was just overwhelming. I'll never forget this transaction. I'll never um, forget what I went through with Michael and, and the process with Michael. It was just the most amazing thing. And, you know, I, a month later after everything we've closed and everything, still talking to him about this is just – it's. It's amazing, honestly. Yeah. So um, it, it's great to be a realtor and be in a service industry where you can serve people. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, and here we are on Veterans Day and, uh, or Veterans Weekend, and we're talking about service to people like Michael who served us in the armed forces. And um, so service is a key word this yes. weekend. Yes. Yeah. So. And um, – so kudos to you, Tommy, for for taking that so seriously. And um, what what was the hunt, house hunting like? I mean, did it take a long time? Well, it, it, so first time I looked for a house, um, Tommy was there, and the deal didn't quite go through. So I told Tommy, I was like, I'm no matter what, I'm gonna use you because you're. I mean, I can feel your heart. I can feel your soul. And came around about what six months later. Yes. And then we started looking for a, a, a home again, and we went. I think we went to like three homes, and the third home I seen an office in that house, and I said, "This is my house. This mm-hmm. is this is my house." And he did everything he could to make sure I get in the house, and it was amazing. And the process went so fast; it was unbelievable. <laughs> You brought up a really good point that is so important for our listeners out there to know this, that when you work with a realtor and you find that right realtor that feels that you can feel their heart, you know that they're in it for you and they're willing to give their service, your word of loyalty is so important. Mm-hmm. It was it was amazing, too, because this the process can be sometimes frustrating. And I remember telling Michael... Even in the beginning, just be uh, patient, and, and the right house will come. And I remember when I handed him this, the key, he was like, "You told me to be patient, and I did it. You know, I I did what you asked me to do, and and now I'm in a better spot." And when Michael said the first deal that we had written up and we were in escrow with didn't didn't work out, I think it was a sign, honestly, because the house he has now is was ten times better than what he was in before. I think there was a reason for that, and, and I think Michael was was given that you know um, home because of his patience with the process. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree. All right. So th- this the the great part of this story is how far you came. I mean, you you climbed the mountain all the way from the bottom to the top, and, and, and that's what makes us. Um, I heard a guy say one time that he feels like he was born on third base. You know, because he, he was born into a pretty darn lucky situation. But um, you had to go all the way from, you know, you had to do all four bases on your own. But now you're there. And with that, we're going to go to a commercial break. But stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. 
on Veterans Weekend. And that you notice that music we got playing. That's to salute those people that served our country, including Michael Wright, our guest today, and also Tommy Smith, our uh, realtor, our guest today also. And, um, you know, hopefully you were able to hear that first segment. And if you didn't, if you just tuned in, you didn't, remember you can go to our podcast at www.940espnfresno.com. Go to podcast, tune in and listen to it. That was a great one because Michael has a great story. Homelessness to homeowner and homeowner just this past month yes. and, um, and, and the feeling it's like. There's a question I have, and, and if you can answer it, I, I will gr- very much appreciate it because I really feel for people that are out there on the streets. What's that like? If you could tell us what goes through the the mind of a guy sitting there on a street corner panhandling. Well, I remember um, being cold, very, very cold, being very, very hot, being very miserable. But the thing I remember the most is that there are a lot of kind people in this world that um, helped me along the way and talked to me. And and um, a lot of times I didn't take their word, but as as it went on, I learned that um, people are out there to help you and people are out there to do things for you. You have to accept the help. So the first thing that, that I did was I remember me being in an abandoned building. Um, Right before, right before um, I was panhandling, and I remember it was a Christmas Eve, and um, I seen a family in the house that was having Christmas Eve dinner, and and I totally broke down. I was like, "Why am I out here? What is going on with me? Why um, that I don't know where my children are? Why that my family don't know where I'm at?" And um. I ended up in an abandoned building getting ready to commit suicide. As you know, 22 veterans uh, 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 a day commit suicide. And I was in that dark place, and I know what it felt like. And for some reason, some something told me to get on my knees and pray. And I got on my knees, and I was like, Lord, um, I don't want to live like this no more. I want to I be around my family. I want to... I wanna, to to be able to spend Christmas and and holidays with my, with my family, and I said I don't want to even want to work for me anymore. I, I used to be a truck driver. I was a truck driver for 17 years. I made a lot of money driving trucks, but I told the Lord I don't want to work for 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 me no more. Whatever job you have for me, that's what I'll do. And I got up out of that abandoned building and threw that knife down and walked across the street to the Pavarillo house. And they sent me to the VA hospital where I ended up in Lola Minda Hospital. And for the first time in my life, I totally surrendered. And I said, I don't, I'm not going to do this my way. I'm going to do this the counselor's way. And whatever you tell me to do, that's what I'm going to do. And I made a promise to myself that I was going to stay in that um, program at the VA hospital, Lola Minda VA hospital, for the whole year. And I went through it the whole year. I came back. And I used every resource that the VA hospital had to offer to me as far as HUD-VASH housing, as far as um, the counseling, going back to college, everything, just to get my life back. And for a while there, 
people didn't believe me because I've told so many lies and and things um, through my addiction and through my mental health. But the one thing that I said to myself is I don't care what nobody think about me. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to get it together. And I remember my first day in college, I was so scared, so nervous. Because, I mean, you know, I played sports. I barely made it out of high school. (laughs) But instead of sitting in the back of the classroom where all the cool kids, I sat in the front of the classroom, and I listened to every word the teachers said, and then I got my first A in college on my first test, and that was the beginning of hope for me. And the one thing about getting your life to get back together is you have to have hope. If you have no hope, then you have nothing to strive for. So I strove, I, 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 I strive for the hope. I strive for everything that I, that I, that I, that I achieved right now. But being homeless was, it was, it was a miserable thing. I met a lot of nice people out there. I met, um, I mean, some people, some of the homeless people out there are some of the nicest people in the world. You know, they're more, the the honest, most honest people, the most nicest people that I ever met in my life. I mean, I met people with lots of money that I would trust this homeless person over that person right there. But the thing is this, though. When you're out there and you're cold and you're miserable and you lost all your hope and everything, um, it's, it's the worst feeling in the world. For, it was the worst feeling in the world for me. Mm-hmm. You said something earlier that hit hit me, and that is it sounds like you you made a turnaround when you became humbled. Yes. Yeah, and you, you're you not going to do it your way anymore. You yes. probably had to let down your pride a little oh, bit. Oh, man. <laughs> and I'm a very prideful person. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially now that you're a homeowner. Yes. Yeah, so that kind of pride's okay, though. Yes. But I know, yeah. So it's when you said, hey. I'm going to do whatever the counselor tells me. I'm going to, yeah, that you got humbled and, and you made your turnaround. And then the hope thing, too, was very, uh, yeah, never give up hope yes. and faith. Yeah. And love. And it's like Alan Jackson says, and that's the greatest of all. <laughs> it's all that bundled in one great, beautiful package. There you go. Yeah. What, um, uh, I almost feel bad turning the subject here, <laughs> but it's okay. But, but we do have time limits here on the radio. But when you're out there panhandling, it's just a personal question I have. Mm-hmm. That you know, they say don't give money to the uh, to the homeless because it's only going to make it worse. Um, but you got to do something. I, I mean, I'm a believer in you look at them in the eye and say hi, acknowledge them, and I don't know, is that a good thing to do rather than give money well there was time when people told me that i'm not gonna give you money i'm just gonna buy you food and i appreciate that but the thing is this there's times that i did panhandle and i was actually really hungry and i really spent that money on food and there was time that i panhandled that i didn't so I look at it like this. People I, I come to me in panhandle, and I just go from what I feel in my heart. Mm-hmm. And if I feel it in my heart, I'll do it. I remember one time one of my cousins told me, he was like, why are you giving that money to that person? That person's not going to do nothing but spend it on drugs. I said, it's not my job to judge that person or what that person's going to do with their money. 
the Lord put it in my heart to give this person this money. Whether he spends it on food or drugs, that's not that's not my job to judge. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, and then the thing is, I remember when I was in that same situation. And there was times that I did need it for food. There was a time when a person gave me $100 just to get a hotel room and to take a shower and to feel safe for a night because I had PTSD and I was running rapid and everything. And I told the person, you know, he asked me, he said, well, what do you need? Do you need $5 or do you need this? I said, well, if you give me that $100, that means I can spend a night in a hotel room and and give me a good meal and, and take a shower. And... I was on drugs and everything, but I use it for that specific purpose because I felt that, that the Lord put that person in my, my life at that time for me to feel safe for that night. Mm-hmm. This is really interesting because so often on our, our show's been going on for 10 years now. We talk about home buying, home selling, mm-hmm. but you know, homelessness is part of the equation too. Yes, it is. And unfortunately, probably a growing part i mean we we talk about how it's a seller's market because there's a shortage of inventory shortage of inventory just means more potential for homelessness so we have to have an awareness of that so i i really thank you for sharing with us it and by the way you're you're not prideful at all i mean when you will bear your soul to the public mm-hmm. and say this is what i did and this is what i did wrong god bless you well, like like I said at the beginning that the Lord, um, I asked the Lord for me to work for the Lord. And for me to work for the Lord is not for me to hide anything in my past. It's for me to show where I came from, what I did to get to where I'm at, and how another person can get there. The, the biggest thing for me, like I, I, I work for the VA hospital, but their checks that they give me is nothing nothing of a a payment that I get from when I help a veteran that's on the sixth floor in the inpatient mental hospital where his life is totally, he thinks his life is totally over. And then I tell him my story and then I uh, I help him through the process of getting his life back together to where he's with his wife, where he's with his family and everything. So that's the best thing for me. Yeah, I see. And, and so at the VA hospital now, you help others that were in were in your situation. Yes, I was. Um, I went to school for drug and alcohol counseling, and somebody asked me, "Was like, hey, do you want to be a peer support specialist?" So what a peer support specialist is is a person that was in this deep dark hole, you know. And and I was trying to climb myself out. And when I first got in this hole, I was like, "Wow, there's no way I can climb out of this." But I just started digging. And I should start digging my way out. And now I'm at the point to where I look down in that hole that I was in. I was like, well, hey, that's too far to fall. <laughs> yeah. So I keep going. But I help other veterans um, to um, climb out of that deep, dark hole. That's great to know there's that um, that support out there, especially on Veterans Weekend. Yeah. So with that, we're going to go to our next commercial break. But stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on Veterans Weekend. 
and you notice the music. It's the theme songs from the different branches of the military. And we have with us two guests, Tommy Smith, realtor, Michael Wright, new homeowner and veteran. What what branch of the military were you in? United States Army, the best. Ah, <laughs> they all say that. <laughs> well, okay. So we were talking in the past about the uh, or the last two segments about the mountain that you climbed, Michael, from homelessness to homeowner. And something that helped you become a homeowner was the VA benefit program. Yes. And uh, Tommy, tell us a little bit about that as a realtor. How how does that VA program work, and how does it help? Yeah, and it's a great program. It's a great loan, the VA loan, and it's a great benefit for our veterans. I would say I've been in this industry now for almost 14 years, and when I first started, I remember um, maybe 5 to 8% of loans and closed sales were with the VA loan. I think one because it wasn't um, publicized enough. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like, hey, use you're a veteran, use this, take take not take advantage of, but use this benefit that's out there for you. And I, because it was so rare, I think that um, agents and sellers were afraid of that loan. This was years ago, but I think they were afraid of it. You know, we're all afraid of sometimes of the unknown. And so when you got a VA loan, you're like. Is it the same as a conventional loan? Is it the same as an FHA loan? You know, what's different, or what do I have to do more? And um, I, so it was—it was a kind of a rarity, and people I felt like, especially agents, would kind of almost push it off to the side a little bit just because of that unknown of—is it's a VA loan? Um, but I would say in the last four to maybe six years, it's more mainstream now. Um, I would say it went from about five percent sales of using a VA loan to maybe 25 to 35% are VA loans now. It's more mainstream. Us as agents now are better educated with the VA loan to know how to tell a seller these are the the, the benefits of using a v, uh, having a VA buyer. These are the the costs that's going to, you know, you're going to accrue and then what you need to do for the VA loan. Um, so in Michael's case, it was a perfect loan. Uh, it was a great loan, and we ended up closing it in 25 days. Um, it was a vacant house, and so the whole people being scared, oh, man, it's going to take you know, longer than a traditional loan. No, not anymore. So you say you closed it in 25 days. Yes. Okay, there is one of the reasons why it's more mainstream now. Because Correct. the VA loan used to have this bad reputation. Oh, it's going to take an extra 30 days. Now, and I remember back when my dad and mom bought our house. They they did it on a VA program. It was a nightmare. It took six months. Now, I'm going to blame about a month of that on VA. The other five months, I'm going to blame on my dad. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he was not the most organized guy. Um, and of course, he was self-employed. So just giving. And see, at that time, all the paperwork had to go to the San Francisco Let's office go. of the Veterans Administration yes. for them to process it. That's no longer the case. It can now be done locally, so you can do the whole thing in twenty, what, twenty-five days. Um, but VA was hampered for many, many years by myths. Yes. Myths that the appraisal's going to come in low. Did, yes. did your appraisal come in low? 
The first the first transaction we had. Obviously, it, I didn't know the answer when I asked that. No, it's okay. <laughs> our, our our first time we were in escrow, we did get a low appraisal. Um, there was more to that though. I, we we didn't have a local lender. Um, I and I truly feel like that hurt us. Um, the second time we had a local lender, um, and I remember her telling Michael. We'll fight for this if this happens again to you. I will I will fight this. And we didn't have that without the local lender last time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, kind of a separate little issue, but I, I, I truly feel our issue was because of the out-of-state lender the first time. But, no, the second time we had no issues. Appraisal came back perfect. It was done within five to seven days. Um, it was great. There was no issues on that case. Michael, you're going to have to listen to Welcome Home Radio more. Had you done that, you never would have gone to that out-of-state lender. I know, and it was kind of um, heartbreaking for me not to get that house. But like Tommy and my mother said that that house wasn't for you. You're going to get a better house. And the one thing that I did learn in my life from being homeless to to, to where I'm at right now is the biggest thing that I did learn was um, patience. Because I never had patience in my life. I always want everything right now and right there. And then I've made a lot of mistakes in my life because of that. But when a person learns patience, then everything comes to them the way it's supposed to. There's two really important things that people need to learn about in life, and it's just designed to teach you patience. Yes. First one's having kids, and it takes nine months of pregnancy <laughs> and getting prepared. Yeah. And then when they, those kids come out, all right, it's a good thing you had that nine months to prepare. Yeah, Same right. thing with buying a home. You got that escrow period. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to believe I made an analogy between those two things. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Bear with me, though, everybody. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, yeah. Oh, man. In fact... The hardships that you got to go through during an escrow where the lender says, I need your tax returns again. I need this and that. And it's like, I've already given it to them three yeah. times. It, You know what? Look at it on the bright side. It teaches you patience. It teaches you to step back, look at things as they come to you, and then deal with them. The funny thing about that is that when they was asking for my tax returns and my um, pay stubs and everything, I was kind of proud. Because um, I had old back taxes, I had old child support, I had old a lot of things for being homeless. Because I, I can't imagine a person being homeless on the street for ten years that have to owe back taxes and child support and everything. But the proudest moment of my life is when I start paying those things back, and when I when I pay my my tax lien back, when I pay I only pay back my child support and all those things. And that's that's really the most proudest part of my life is um, being a, a, a honest tax paying citizen again. Wow. All right. I, I like that, being an honest, tax-paying citizen. Yes. There you go. So the other, some of the other myths mm-hmm. about VA loans is that the VA appraiser is going to pick the house apart. Yes. And maybe the seller is afraid that, oh, I'm going to have to change a light bulb or I'm going to have to do this or that. Paint this or take repair this or replace that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, is that true? Is that a myth or is that true? It's definitely a myth. Now, um, like I said, it's 
that loan now is just so much more mainstream. And I think um, strong myth, uh, totally. And again, I think it beca- and you know myths start because of again not knowing something. And I think just not being educated as you know realtors or sellers, buyers, you get so scared of. Oh my gosh, you know I've heard from so and so that don't take a VA loan because they're gonna charge me double my escrow fees or you know whatever it may be and. That's not the case. It's truly not. Mm -hmm. And another great thing that just happened to you, Michael, is, you know, there's people in some parts uh, of California where rents are just going crazy, you know, going up a hundred bucks every year or, you know, and the landlords are doing that and and they're crying out for rent control and and such. You know what your payment's going to be in the year 2047. It's fixed. Yeah. <laughs> that was a trick question. In 2047, it's going to be zero. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. In the meantime, you know what your rent is. So you, uh, the best form of rent control is a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. That's right. And the best thing about this is that I am paying just about, just about the same amount that I was paying for rent. But now I don't work for them. I work for me now. Yeah, and of course, Tommy, being the good realtor he is, there's the jab I just threw at you. Thank you. But yeah, you're going to even counsel Michael on principal reduction and maybe paying an extra 50 bucks a month, 100 bucks a month. Get that principal down because, you know, equity grows when your loan balance drops. And the good thing about it is that I, um, every year I probably make more money because I'm such a good peer support specialist. So I'll be able to pay a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Um, okay. What are what are some of the other things you've heard about VA loans that may not necessarily be true? Sure. And let me I'm gonna kind of give a good story about something too with a VA loan that I just did where actually Michael referred someone to me that worked at the hospital just recently a, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, we went through two houses. Second one, she goes, I love this house. So we made an offer on the house. We knew that they were going to have multiple offers and for, on the house. I wrote a letter to the listing agent just saying, hey, this is a great lady. She works at the VA hospital. She's using her VA loan. Um, our, the response I got back was, we got conventional offers, but we love veterans. And All so right. they took her offer. Um, I know I know her being a veteran, and I know uh, writing the letter, just kind of talking about her a little bit of her past situation, got her that offer accepted. And the VA loan is changing veterans' lives. Um, the lady came back to me, and, and she was crying, and she said, Michael, thank you. And I was like, no, thank you, because she was um, there when I was in the program and everything, and she was the one that never gave up on me by um, having multiple relapses and everything. And um, just to see the smile on her face and the gratitude that she had for me um, introducing her to Tommy and everything, it made me feel good because she was thanking me, but I was really thanking her because she never gave up on me. That's a great story. With that, though, we are going to go to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN.
Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here in the studio with us, we have Tommy Smith, realtor with Realty Concepts. And how long have you been a realtor for? I'm going on 14 years. 14 years. All right, you made it through the hard part. It's the highs and the lows, man. Yeah, that's the first 13 and a half years. That's always <laughs> the hard part. Yeah. All right, and then we also have in here Michael Wright, homeowner, as f- just in the last month. Yes. And uh, you, you've told us quite a story about uh, uh, how you got there. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff in the news. Well, first of all, I want you to reiterate to us what it means to be a homeowner. Well, what it means for, for me to be a homeowner is that I've come full circle. You know, um, sleeping in a um, tent when it's 31 degrees outside and everything and trying to survive and not knowing when your next meal come and everything like that. Well, I actually have running water. I have a heater, an air conditioner. I have a front yard, backyard. I have something that I can be proud of. This is my home. You know, um, I know there's a lot of veterans that are out there that are, are maybe afraid to take this step but if you get a, a good realtor, somebody that knows about the uh, VA home loan process, uh, it's it's so easy. I mean, it was so easy. I was getting, I was even getting scared. <laughs> yeah. The the funny thing is, the best part about sh- the, the showing Michael the home that he eventually bought was uh, like a kid in a candy store running around this house, yes. and then pointing out, hey, that's gonna be my man cave. I'm going to put this here. I'm going to be putting that there. I'm going to be watching the Raider game here. And so that was, you know, some of the fun part of just knowing that um, I knew Michael wanted that house just from his body language. And then just, like I said, being a kid in the candy store running around that house going, I'm going to be, I'm going to put my barbecue back here. I'm going to be doing this here. So it it was really cool. Now, you got to feel good that the U.S. government that you helped support by being, uh, being in the armed forces actually stepped up and has a program to help you, such as the VA loan program. Yes. That's got to be great to have the government saying, we want you to be a homeowner because you're going to be more responsible. Um, if you ever lose your job, you're going to go find another one because you got a home to protect. Oh, yes. Yeah. Most definitely. You fought for your country, you'll fight for your home, too. And that's called motivation. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now, that leads us into a new subject, and that is you've heard it a lot on the news recently about the tax reform bill and how the realtors at the national and at the state level are really fighting this because it, de- it disincentivizes um, home ownership. Yes. And I know I didn't say that right, but, you, <laughs> but I, there's no other word that sounds like it, so we I know everybody. We, yeah. we didn't correct you. We're going to roll with that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Um, it was just a lot of syllables to throw out there all at once. Hey, anyway, here's why the realtors are against it. There's a thing called mortgage interest deduction. So the interest that you pay on your mortgage, you get to deduct it. Yes. And they're saying that, hey, we're not going to touch it. Well, yeah, they are because they cut it in half. Uh, I mean, if this goes through. Yeah. They're cutting it from a million dollars down to uh, half a million dollars. And we might say, well, gosh, here in Fresno, that's no big deal. I mean, almost every 
uh, loan here is under half a million dollars, but not in all parts of the country. That is true. Uh, yeah. And so if you cut off, it, well, most of California, most of New York, Massachusetts, Florida, you uh, de-incentives, we got you job. take away that. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing I've made it on the radio for 10 years. <laughs> You, you take that away, and maybe that those people from the from the Bay Area don't move to Fresno now. Yeah. Maybe they don't move to be closer to their family, yeah. um, or or vice versa. So that's really important. Here's a big one, uh, and another reason that the realtors are against it is uh, it's taking away the ability to deduct all of your state and local taxes. So, yeah. I mean, that's one that that's about double taxation. Yeah. You're paying taxes on the same money twice. Well, one of the reasons why I did want to get a house, because I used to watch my mother, and when she used to do her taxes on her home, and she'd get her, her money back and everything, it was that kind of investment. But it's, it's kind of like we're going to lose our investment. I mean, I want to be able to file for my taxes. Remember, I, 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 um, I'm the most proudest moment I ever had is to be able to pay my taxes back and everything. So now I'm going to get to the point to where I have a house and I, I, I want to be like my mother and what I watch her do and everything and be able to invest, you know, make money on my home. That is really incredible that you would say that, that it's a proud moment to be able to pay your taxes back. Yes. All right. Yeah. And um, so, and, and with that, we also don't want to lose the uh, incentives for um, home ownership, which Correct. is being able to deduct your, good your tax write-off. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, question I have now is, um, Tommy, is now a good time to buy and sell? Okay, I'm going to go back to my old faithful of that this is a buyer's market and this is a seller's market. And Don steals this from me. So, I, I did copyright this. So, every time it's Don says it, I'm making money off of it now. But... Um, it's tr it's true. It, it, it's uh, it's a great seller's market if you're thinking about making uh, that move, either downsizing, upsizing. Um, is now the right time? Probably. If you've been in your home for the last five to eight to maybe ten years now, you probably have um, great equity in your home to make those moves. Or that nest egg of you know if you're going to downsize, you have that equity to have that money as a nest egg for you. So. It's great. Um, our inventory is still low. Don didn't do the numbers, but I'm sure we're still about one, one month, one month worth of inventory yeah, in the market. About, still. about one and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So we're still right there trending, and so, um, you know, if the house is ready, if if the house is priced right, it's got the welcome home mat on the on the door, you know, and and you got it ready to market right, and you got a, you know, you're listening to your agents, and you've got a lockbox on it, and you got that. Come see it whenever you want instead of, hey, on my terms, you're going to get a full price offer. You're probably going to get multiple offers. I just went through it, like I said, just recently, and um, I feel like we all go through it I, I, right now. If it's priced right, it's gone. And so for sellers, it's an amazing thing. For buyers, your interest rate, it's still low. Um, and then here we go with Michael's story of you know using that VA loan. It's an amazing loan. To, to, for him to use and for our veterans to use. So there's programs out there for buyers on top of our interest rate being so dang low right now that, you know, it, it's a great time. 
You know, you made me think, too, and we didn't bring this up earlier. One of the reasons the VA loan is an amazing loan, um, there, there are several reasons. They're a little more lenient to the veteran. Yes. Um, and even though, and then there's no money down required. Correct. You that, can't. You, that was the big thing. Yeah. Mm. You can put money down, but yeah. you don't have to. And somebody might say, well, wait a minute. Isn't that what got us in trouble 10 years ago was all the 100% financing? Yeah. That, along with some other things that were combined, but it's amazing that the VA loan has always been, even 10 years ago, one of the best performing mortgages out there for the lenders. And that's because you guys have skin in the game. Yes. Yeah, I mean, is there not a pride behind having that VA loan? I am very, very um, proud to be a homeowner, and there's absolutely nothing in this world that I won't do to make sure that I pay my home off. And when I pay my home off, I want to go get another home, you know, because I have children, and I have, um, I mean, nobody ever thought that I would ever be in this situation. I mean, I have family members give up on me. I have friends give up on me. Everybody gave up on me, but the only person that didn't give up on me was me. And I and the one thing that I know is I want to pay this house off, and then I want to move on, and I want to leave something behind to my children. So that's the biggest thing for me is mm-hmm. to leave something behind my legacy. Yeah, there you go. So and, and that is that pride that you have, and that is one of the reasons why even with no money down, the VA loans are some of the best loans or they get paid off and paid back mm-hmm. the most. And Don, if you really think about it, if we were to really look hard into this and look at the numbers, so I'm just kind of spitballing these out, but when we went to the foreclosure era of everything, how, what percentage would you say were from a VA loan? Oh man, it was minute, whatever. Less I, than 5%. Easily, yeah. Okay, so that tells you right there that even at 100% finance VA loan, that they those those loans weren't being taken advantage of is probably the best way to say yeah. it. And you know the difference, in my opinion, is yeah, it was no money down. Some of the conventional subprime loans were no money down. Yeah. But for the VA loan, you had to qualify for it. They had to know that you have the ability to repay it. Yeah. With those ten years ago, those subprime loans, they didn't even want to know if you had a job. Or, you know, just tell us you got one so we can put it on the paper. Or verify your income, right, or or everything. It was just such a different thing. (laughs) Yeah. So that's what made those loans go bad, not the fact that it was 100% financing. Yeah. And and the thing that I that I want, um, that I love about this, is I don't think no veteran should ever be homeless. So this is part of getting veterans off the street and from being homeless. And... Welcome Home Radio wants to take this opportunity to thank all the veterans out there that give us the ability to speak freely on this radio show and talk about the things that are important to us and not in fear of anything. So thank you to all our veterans. Let's all go out there and have a great weekend. Thank Thank you you and go Army. (laughs) Thanks, Don. Thank you.